Welcome to the 401k Marketing Podcast. Are you ready to be the go-to expert in the retirement plan community? Listen in as we share ideas, resources, and best practices that you can use to professionalize your firm, demonstrate your authority, and earn more 401k business. Hi, Josh. Welcome to today's podcast. Josh, it's so with Fiduciary Works. I think a lot of us in our business know Josh from his very impressive background with Greenspring Advisors. And then about two years ago, we jumped into this new world where he launched Fiduciary Works. And we're super excited to welcome you to the podcast today. Thank you, Rebecca. I'm looking forward to it. All right. I, uh, yeah, midlife crisis will do that through COVID, <laughs> cause you to go reinvent yourself within the industry. Excited to talk today, and and I think we're going to cover some really good ground. Awesome. Let's dive in. Tell us about your background, and you kind of jokingly said midlife crisis, but we're going to call it an aha moment <laughs> as to why you started Fiduciary Works. Give us that's a- good marketing. That's that that's your bailiwick. I like that the aha moment. Um, yeah. So in two thousand four, you know, I I started my career. Uh, in a wirehouse and met one of my best friends who was at another wirehouse. And in 2004, we broke away and started a RIA, a fee-only RIA called Greenspring Advisors. Uh, it was actually called Greenspring Wealth Management before that, before we, we rebranded it. And we started with about $15 million in private wealth assets. So very inauspicious beginnings, humbly, humble beginnings. Um, I kind of fell in 2005 into 401k. I'd never worked with a 401k plan before, but we had had some small business owners we were doing comprehensive financial planning for. And part of that, we took a look at their 401k plan. And most cases, it was a disaster. And I was like, oh, this is really interesting and fell into 401k. And as we grew our practice, I really started to focus on that. I fell in love with the industry, felt like there was a way to really magnify the impact of the advice when you're chasing around, you know, wealthy people, which I like wealthy people and work with private clients, but I felt like we would be able to impact so many more people through 401k plans. And so fell into it, started to focus on that in 2006, really took a primary focus and really launched our 401k practice from start, kind of struggled along for the first couple of years, almost quit 401k on numerous occasions just because it was hard and it was frustrating and glad I stuck with it. I wrote a book in 2008 called Fixing the 401k, which was really just kind of, I didn't have a ton of clients, but it was my treatise on what I thought was ailing 401k plans and how to fix them. And that kind of put me on the map. And from there, just kept building, wound up hiring and bringing on some really, really great people. Ultimately, you know, we grew it from zero to when I left, we had four and a half billion dollars in retirement plan assets, another billion dollars in private client. I wrote another book, much better book in 2020 called The Fiduciary Formula and launched my podcast, The Fiduciary You Podcast, which has become pretty popular within the industry. And yeah, so I I sat in the seat for a really long time, dealt with all the challenges everybody did as well. We built a practice to be proud of. Greenspring has continued to have a tremendous amount of success, won a lot of the accolades, retirement plan advisor of the year and top 100 lists and all those things kind of the beauty contests in the industry. But really through 2020, 21, COVID, I loved what we did. I loved being a part of it. But quite frankly, I had lost some of my inspiration, some of my joy. i become a little bit bored and had really been looking at wanting to tackle some new challenges. And I thought about what I had done. I really 
I felt like I could make a bigger impact in the industry. I built this really great network of other advisors and I really started to think about legacy and I was just inspired to figure out a way to go help advisors. And I had a passion for technology. I had built a number of technology tools internally that helped us grow and helped us scale. And, you know, I took this really big risk. I kind of leaped. I, I thought I had thought it through, but decided to leave Greenspring, sold my stake and really launched Fiduciary Works. And my goal was to build FinTech. And I felt like, you know, we had about 50,000 participants in our client base. And I felt like, what if I could help a hundred firms build a similar practice? Now I could impact 5 million people, not just 50,000 people, 5 million American workers. And that's what I decided to do. And there were some bumps along the way, still really good friends with Greenspring, proud of what they've continued to do. But it's been an incredible journey, not without some challenges and some adversity and having to reinvent in a lot of ways, but launched a product called Fiduciary X in early 2022. And it's been awesome. It's been on kind of a rocket ship over the past 15 or 16 months and have had just a lot of success with it and have a great stable of about 70 advisory practices around the country that are on the platform. And I'm having more fun and feeling more inspired and more purpose-driven than I have in a really long time. So that's my background. That's amazing. Congratulations. Welcome again to your next chapter of the entrepreneurial Thanks. world. Whenever I've always said that a lot of people have asked me over the years, like, what's it like to start a business? And I always say, you know, when you're you're at the pool, like swimming pool, and you're on the diving board and you're going to jump in, you're going to jump in the water. And you know, your feet leave the springboard and you're in the air and you don't know if you're going to belly flop or swan dive or how you're going to hit that water. I go, that feeling right there, that's what it feels like to start a business. 100%. It's funny. I had forgotten how hard the early years were, you know, as we had had to success and it felt like kind of success, but yet, not that we didn't have challenges, but you know, I was a little unprepared for how hard the grind was to go back to do it again. And and it's really the snowball effect, right? It's the original, the early years, you're really, you're pushing so hard and that snowflake turns into a little bit of a snowball. And mm -hmm. so much of this business and just business in general is to persevere and continue to do the right things consistently over time and trust the process so I'm with you. And it was funny when I left Greenspring, I was a little unprepared because when you're in the air, mm. I was like, oh my gosh, what have I done? What have I done? <laughs> there were there were days where I was like, I've literally set my entire career on fire. Like, what was I thinking? So <laughs> thankfully it's it's worked out and there's a lot of great runway ahead. Great insights, Josh. So let's talk about before a 401k advisor works with Fiduciary Works, with Fiduciary Rx, with your firm. Give us a taste of a couple of the items that they might be struggling with in their business. You know, I think there's probably three primary things. One is creating a consistent process and actually gamifying that process mm. to make complex things simple. Advisors do a lot of great work for clients. And we can talk a little bit about this, but being able to gamify things is really, really important. This ability to not just gamify, but really cast vision about what the future is going to look like uh, for prospects and clients. Advisors are really good at looking backwards at things, but really casting vision about where they're going to take clients. I think that's one thing. I think the second thing is 
advisors do a lot of great work, but they struggle to visualize their value, to showcase their accomplishments and really get credit for all the work that they do. And that's a really important element, especially around client retention. And then I think lastly is creating efficiency and repeatability and scale across their practice. Advisors do still do way too much on a bespoke one-off basis, especially as your practice grows, you've got more clients, but also as you have more team members, making sure that you have a way to implement an efficient, repeatable process and really client experience. So I think my platform is really about helping advisors gamify their process and visualize their value, but also to implement that repeatability and that consistency so they can not only grow, but scale. And a lot of advisors think that growth and scale are the same thing. They're related, but they're not actually the same thing. So when a lot of advisors come to me and the fact that I was a practitioner, I wasn't like a technology person who was like, oh, I think I could come up with a solution for advisors. The fact that I did it. I think that's what a lot of the advisors like is when they see the platform, it kind of shows them like these are the same issues that that we're dealing with or we're struggling with or that we're looking to solve for. And because I was a practitioner and sat in their seat, there's really, really close alignment with how the platform is designed mm-hmm. and the benefits that it offers. Nice. Yeah, that scalability efficiency and profitability are actually all different. Uh, But a lot of folks don't realize that, you know, how much you're, if we talk about the ROI of marketing a lot, and how do you actually evaluate the ROI? And a lot of people think it's a a one-to-one correlation. And there's actually a lot of other math that goes into it. Let's stay on that thread of profitability for a while, because when you run a really efficient practice like that repeatability consistency you can leverage and really can actually increase a lot of your bottom line profitability and by the way you can get your time back which in a lot of ways freedom time is freedom that's it so let's dive in as to how your how your company helps give advisors more profitability through better practice management yeah, and you bring up a great point because there it is multi, it is multifaceted. You know, I think in general, what you always hear is that wealth management is way more profitable than retirement plan consulting. And having a green spring, we had both practices and to see, and I would say probably from a profit margin percentage, that's definitely true. Our fees typically were a lot higher on the retirement plan consulting side and probably actual dollar of profit would be higher from that perspective. But I think everybody just assumes that is the way it is and the way that it should be. And I think there's an important difference. And I've talked about this. I wrote an article in Mm -hmm. 401 Specialist about this, is that there's a lot of great fintech that's out there on the wealth side. And I think the really efficient wealth practices have done a good job of taking that technology, implementing it effectively into their workflow, and they've seen the productivity. uh, They've seen the productivity gains. And so a lot of wealth advisors, when they think about technology, they think about it as an investment in their practice. I think 
fintech has lagged on the retirement side. That's partly why I went to do this was I felt like there was real opportunity that fintech, and I would say retirement plan advisors in general, don't do as good a job leveraging fintech, putting it into their workflow, actually uh, using it effectively. And so what happens is they wind up doing far too much on a bespoke or one-off basis for clients and for prospects. And what happens, there's still, it's amazing that I see there's still a lot of spreadsheets and, mm-hmm. and PowerPoints <laughs> and Word documents and the amount of time that teams and practices spend on just putting materials together to go meet with a client. And so when you waste a lot of time doing things, I think, manually, that's going to create profitability drag. And so the ability to go in and to really leverage technology and implement it, I think, more effectively and use it effectively is really, really important. And, and you hit on something. One is how do we become, everybody complains on the retirement side about profitability. How do we become more profitable? But there's also the stress that that puts on team members when you're having, especially staff, when you're having staff who are having to do a lot of things manually, you run their RPMs at seven, 8,000. And that's not really, I think that's, I don't think that's sustainable. And part of becoming more profitable is you may say, you know what, I want to put my foot in the accelerator and grow this thing as big as I can. Or I'm hearing a ton. And I mean, I dealt with it. Part of why I left Greenspring is I had gotten really burned out. And I hear that from a lot of advisors in their teams is how burned out they are. We have all this work. Clients are demanding more. We don't, and being able to get time back. Maybe you want to grow your practice. Maybe you want to keep your practice where it is, but you want to have a better quality of life. And so you have to get away from the bespoke one-off. Every client is unique. One of my philosophies was always systematize the process, customize the relationship. I think one of the other things that I've seen retirement plan advisors do, and this impacts profitability as well, is they think that hiring more people is the solution to every growth challenge. And you know, advisors will spend a dollar to save a nickel over and over and over again. And hiring people's hard. It's inefficient. It's expensive. You have to find people. You have to convince them to come work for you. In this day and age, you got to pay them a lot. You got to train them. You got to manage them. And so, you know, obviously it's a little bit of a bias because it's the business that I'm in now. But if you can help your team work smarter, work faster, oh, yeah. you're going to create, I think, more profitability. Like I think margins should be higher in retirement practices. I don't think they are because I think advisors spend too much time doing things on a one-off basis. I think the other thing that they often do is retirement plan advisors don't always have a good understanding of what clients value and then quantifying that in terms of lift of what they do. Like a great example, I see advisor after advisor, they will spend two hours researching a fund change to go in and have a five-minute conversation with a client where 99% of the time, they're going to do exactly what you tell them to do. And so you could spend two hours, but you probably could spend 15 minutes and get to the exact same place. And so I, I try to tell advisors a lot of times is find out what creates the most perceived value by clients that requires the least amount of lift and spend more time doing that. And don't feel like you have to do, a lot of times clients will ask you to do things like it may not be, it may not drive the outcome expected. It may create too much of a drag. 
on your business. It's okay to tell clients no, or it's okay to redirect them. A lot of times you can redirect clients in a different direction to accomplish an outcome that has a high perceived value. And so I'm I think if you can manage your practice, if you can push out leverage technology, maybe I don't, maybe I push out my hiring 12 or 18 months. The goal with scale, it's not about just getting more clients. If every, whatever your number is, every time we add 20 clients, we have to go hire somebody. Well, what if you could say, hey, I can support another 20 or 25 clients with my same personnel footprint. Guess what? You push out your hiring requirements, you're going to create a lot more profitability in your practice. The highest cost input to most businesses and advisory practices is labor. And so if you can push that out by becoming more efficient, more scalable, you're going to be able to have a much more profitable and quite frankly, I think less stressful practice. Yeah, it becomes more fun. <laughs> it just 100%. straight up becomes more fun. Dimensional, by the way, came out with a fantastic presentation that speaks exactly to what you're talking about, what advisors do versus what clients value. Yeah. They just released it. It's called Building a Strong Foundation for Strategic Growth right. is the name of the presentation. And it yeah. literally dives into exactly what you just mentioned. Yeah. And then it gives examples of like, this is what advisors say versus this is what clients want to hear. Right. Love it. We were a big di dimensional firm and love their research. And from a practice management standpoint, they were a really valuable partner, but that is the disconnect. And it goes back kind of, you know, with my platform is helping clients message things in a way that have impact, mm -hmm. but also get credit, you know, advisors, most advisors, and it, I got this from Ann Schleck, who was a mentor of mine for a really okay. long time and just a good friend. She talked a lot about, you don't have to just sell prospects on why they should hire you. You have to go back and resell clients over and over again, remind them of what they've done. I mean, our clients love this at Greenspring. Most advisors have high retention rates, but our clients forgot 90 or 80 or 90% of what we did for them. And I probably forgot 50% of the time. So being able to efficiently and easily remind clients, not only of what you've done for them, but even the messaging of that, instead of being like, hey, here's what we've done for you, more of a better way to message it is, here's what we've accomplished together as a team. It's it's even the words that we use. And you just highlighted that with dimensional, like what advisors say and how it's received. It's all, I mean, it's marketing. It's all about messaging and packaging and merchandising. I love it. I always like to kind of throw a curveball in there. So for the skeptics out there, yeah. what do you believe is the biggest threat to our industry? I think there are three primary threats to advisors. You know, when we talk about the industry, I think probably the biggest one is that the government wakes up one day and says that they don't think private industry can solve the retirement challenges that Americans have. And Brian Graff talked about this at Napa. It was the one session I went to at Napa. Had a lot of great meetings, met a lot of great folks out there, but I did sit in that session and there appears to be that there's some momentum being gained around potentially alternatives to the industry solving retirement challenges. And I think the threat of the government stepping in at some point is a big risk, but really think more about what are threats to advisors. Number one is I think complacency. A lot of advisors, it's hard to get a client, but it's easy to become complacent in your relationships. And, you know, it's like in any relationship, you know, when I was in the dating phase with, with my wife of almost 20 years, you know, early on, I was doing all the things to try to really make her fall in love with me. I was holding doors and pulling out chairs and 
giving her flowers and writing her notes. And, and I was really focused on, on her and her needs. And then, you know, over time you get married, not that this has happened in my marriage all that often, but there are times when you become complacent, you stop doing the things that you did in the early years. And I think a lot of advisors, what happens is they become complacent. I've had a client for a few years. They haven't given me a reason to think that they're dissatisfied. And you think that, hey, my clients are never going to leave, but that's actually, it's getting more competitive out in the marketplace. And there are more and more you know, I think competitors that are beating on clients and that may have existing relationships. Maybe it's the convergence play and maybe they, they, a competitor has the health benefits or they have the PNC and they've got access to your clients. And so, you know, I think not getting complacent and continuing to cast vision for clients about what a better future, what a better fiduciary future looks like is really important. And you have to constantly innovate. You have to skate to where the puck is going. You have to keep your foot on the accelerator and push clients forward. They are not going to do the things they need to without you as an advisor, really convincing them in a compelling, powerful way to do the things they're not going to do on their on their own. That's number one. I think number two is I think a threat to advisors is that they don't do a good job of reselling their clients, as I talked about earlier, on what's been accomplished and what they've done for them uh, over time. You have to control the narrative and you have to paint a picture for clients around what's been accomplished. And advisors are really good at providing bits and bytes of information and data, but you have to be able to package it in an effective way. And that's the key to client retention. You have to always have that fear that somebody's going to come in and tell a better story, in my opinion. One of my core values is, is to tell better stories and to deliver better experiences. And I think the last one that I see from a lot of advisors is they just let perfect be the end of enemy of good and they fear change. And you can't fear change. You can't fear failure. So many advisors want things to be perfect. They're afraid to fail in front of a client. I would say for me, and not that I've, there's, there are people who've had far more success, but I would say one of the keys to my success, both as an advisor and now doing what I'm doing now is that I am not resistant. In fact, I want to fail. I want to try new things. I run everything as a little science experiment. I have a hypothesis of what I think an outcome could be. I do something to try to test that. And I embrace failure. I am not afraid to fail. I just want to fail fast and I want to fail forward. And I think that's this idea of what's good enough and let's get started and then we'll refine that over time. And, and I think that's a big threat. There's a lot of advisors that say, hey, this is the way we've always done it. And you know, one of the philosophies we had at Greenspring was what got us to where we are isn't going to get us to where we want to go. And we need to constantly assess and break and rebuild the system. And we need to take the learnings through both our successes and our failures incorporate those in. And that's how you drive improvement and iteration over time. It's this idea from the technology industry of building software. It's really kind of a build, test, validate mentality. And I think advisors who are unwilling to do that, there's a real threat long-term. Sometimes they've lost their clients. They just don't know it yet because other firms out there that are differentiating, that are innovating, that are leveraging technology better, that are telling a better story, that are marketing more effectively, um, and more consistently, the marketplace is going to take those clients. Advisors just don't know it yet. 
I love it. Josh, this was outstanding. How can our listeners contact you to learn more about the great work that you're doing at Fiduciary Works and Fiduciary Rx? Thank you so much for the opportunity and love what you've done. Proud of you and just very impressed with what you've built over the years as well. It's pretty easy to get in touch. People can go to fiduciaryworks.com. They can email me at josh at fiduciaryworks.com. If you haven't seen Fiduciary Rx, you can also listen to my podcast. If you just go into your favorite podcast player and if you just type fiduciary, I'm usually the first one that comes up. It's called the Fiduciary U podcast. Had some amazing guests of which you're going to be one, hopefully as well, Rebecca, but some amazing guests on there. But go to fiduciaryworks.com. If you haven't seen Fiduciary Rx yet, check it out. You can sign up for a demo right on my website. Spend some time. I'd love to show it to you. Give you a free trial to kick the tires if you want. But my mission is to help advisors work smarter, work faster, be a hero to their clients, but more importantly, make their clients a hero to their people. And if I haven't connected with you yet, I hope you reach out. Uh, if there's anything I can do to help you in any way, shape, or form, whether that you use Fiduciary X or not, I care about the advisor community deeply. I believe strongly in fiduciary practices and principles. I'm a huge advocate for retirement plan advisors. And if there's anything I can ever do to help anybody listening, I hope you won't hesitate to reach out. I love it. So as Josh says, practice management leads to enhanced profitability, systemize the process and customize the relationship. Thanks so much for joining today. Thank you so much for listening to today's 401k marketing podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of our guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of 401k marketing. The content has been available for informational and educational purposes only. We hope you enjoyed.